Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to build a thriving business while making a much bigger impact in the world? By becoming known as an influential voice in your industry? The choice versus just a choice with your ideal client? That's exactly what you're going to learn as I interview business experts, industry thought leaders, and entrepreneurs who are in the trenches making their mark so you can too. This is award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you hate being ambushed with unsolicited sales pitches? Well, guess what? So do your buyers. This is what today's guest uh, is all about, talking about what do we need to do as business owners to ensure that we don't give out unsolicited sales pitches. Joining me on today's show is Peter Strokel. Peter and his buyer-focused sales funnel will turn your sales around in just a few weeks weeks. Say goodbye to those traditional sales tactics that no longer work and hello to a buyer-focused approach that's guaranteed to boost your top and your bottom line. Now, if you're an SME, B2B business owner or a sales leader, today's show is going to be one you want to listen to. He is going to show you how modern buyers want to buy. Particularly on the show, he wants to talk about why selling has become harder, what business owners and sales leaders must do to remain successful at selling and do it now, as well as some actionable techniques to take back to your business. Welcome to the show, Peter. Hello, Anne-Marie. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I couldn't have done it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you for coming on the show. I'm sure when you're speaking to people, you have either two camps. You have those that quite comfortable with with sales and, and that kind of topic and others who go, oh, sales. And probably is going to be defined by some of the experiences that they've had on the buyer side of things. But as you say, as business owners or um, if we're in sales, we need to to look at a new way of, um, you know, rather than the traditional way of selling because buyers' expectations have changed. Yes? Absolutely they have, yes. And and not just since the pandemic. I think the pandemic has uh, accelerated that trend. Yes. Um, but but let's face it, nobody really enjoyed being sold to and pitched at before. Yes, yeah. We, we kind of tolerated it, but but we got along with it, and it was kind of par for the course. But but now buyers do not tolerate that any longer, and you can see them switch off in droves, which is why selling has become harder. Yeah, and I would imagine too that um, when we're talking about selling, even in the way in which we approach people, let me give you an example. Um, I have a number of different platforms. One of them is LinkedIn. I'm sure we're all on on LinkedIn. And I received a connection request and didn't know the person. I'm I'm quite happy to uh, connect. And then the next message was, "Hey, I've looked at your website, and we believe your brand has ultimate potential. Um, you know, can we have a meeting with you to go?" 
go over some some tactics that we can see you can implement in your website. Now, I've got lots of different websites, so I know that specifically. You know what I mean? And immediately I just went disconnect, delete. They still have come back a second or third time and it's like, dude, you have just not, you know, <laughs> you're not on my wavelength. But you, we're talking about how we approach potential mm. buyers that could become raving clients down the track, yes? Oh, absolutely. And and there's, so you've touched on so many points. I don't know where to start first. <laughs> but, but let me talk about LinkedIn. There's a wonderful term I've inherited from the Americans. And that, that term is pitch slapping. So they, they as soon as you connect with, with the salesperson, they slap a pitch on you. And how did that make you feel when they did that to you? Oh, immediately I went, you know, bye. <laughs> So you, you kind of felt taken advantage of and, and a bit cheated, right? Because they gave you some pretext under which they wanted to connect with you. Yeah. And then they baited you with that and they switched to a sales pitch. And mm -hmm. and this this sort of thing doesn't just doesn't work anymore. You know, I, I actually like to think it never worked, but um, I know. Did it ever? <laughs> <laughs> we tolerated it. But um, but now with uh, with automation, that's that's even being made worse um, because we, we can now do this pitch slapping at scale and and it really ruins the sales game for everybody because it puts all the buyers off and they go now no matter what you're selling go away i don't want to talk to you and and, yes. and so they become um harder to reach yes yes and, and, so and true so true um and and you know when you think about that I, I mean i was quite happy to connect with him because this particular person was in my town it was it was you know located quite uh close by and i thought oh well there's someone that i might be able to recommend but mm -hmm not only was I not in need of that, and that's one of the things, we're going to dive deeper into that today, but just yeah. a couple of things. They had no idea whether I was interested or not. I could have had a potential, and I, I do, of connections who could more than benefit from their, their expertise. I mean, lead with expertise, lead with being of value and bringing value. And once you do, I mean, you become the go-to person. I mean, it's not rocket science. So as you said, that pitch slapping, I mean, that is a real turn-off. Always has been, I think, for Australians. Um, and the fact that this was an Australian, I'm kind of thinking, hmm, mate, you know, nah, no. Yeah. So, so what, I, what I said earlier, Go, is that <clears throat> if you want to do this at scale mm. and you want to reach, say, a 1,000 people on LinkedIn and connect with them, right, which, which is what happens. Yes, then you, you just cannot make a message specific enough for them to think, oh, you're just talking to me, right? And, and, and because you, you want to reach a thousand different people or a thousand ideal customer profiles, they're, they're not stupid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they know when, when it's a mass produced message and, and they just, uh, you just turn them off right from the start just because of that. Yes. So, so that's why I'm saying all these um, traditional sales methods that, um, may have worked for you in, in 2016, 17, 18, you probably find that they're no longer working now. Yes, yeah, uh, oh, oh, absolutely. What are some other reasons that you see? I mean, we know if you, you've just confirmed and we would have uh, probably experienced that now that you've said it. Yeah, you know what, Peter, uh, as a buyer, I can see when someone starts to pitch and they haven't even bothered to get to know me. But what are some other things that you're seeing in the marketplace as to why we need to change the way that we look and approach sales because of the fact that some of the things that are now happening have really required us to make these changes? It has become harder. What are some of the typical things you're seeing? Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that people are harder to, um, uh, to reach. 
-hmm. And in the sense that they don't even respond to your outreach, like crickets, you know, tumbleweeds. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and the second thing is that um, let alone them becoming harder to reach, it's even harder now to engage them. And I make a big distinction between reaching out, probably mm. in big numbers, versus targeting somebody specifically and engaging them into a business conversation rather than a sales pitch. And, and we can talk about how that works uh, as well, especially for yeah. us. But, well, um, yeah. Yep. But, 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 but the, uh, the, the point is that if you want to reach a decision maker, you know, or, or even a, um, a member of a decision-making committee, mm. you know, in large organisations they have these committees that, that make a decision directly because it defrays the risk <laughs> and, and also the accountability, by the way. <laughs> but, yeah. but, the, um, but if you want to reach out to them, then you absolutely need to engage them at their level, mm -hmm. in their language, about their industry and about their business. So yes. the, 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 the thing that we absolutely must stop doing is to talk about ourselves and how wonderful our products and services are. Mm. Right? Because nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> nobody cares. You know, the, people only start caring about what you do and what you have once they understand what it means to them. Mm -hmm. So it's the old WIFM, you know, what's in it for me. Yes. Um, that that uh, needs to be brought out to the, to the, to the fore. And... But the um, you got me on a roll now. Sorry, Anne Marie. Um, no, roll the, away. It's the whole purpose of this platform. So, so the, the 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 other mistake that we make is that um, we try to impress the 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 prospect with how important we are as an organisation. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so in, inadvertently, inadvertently, we talk about um, how, how large the organisation is, how many outlets we have, how many clients we have, how important those clients are, household brands. And, and the, while the, the prospect still thinks, like, what's it got to do with me? Mm. So, so we need to change the way that we engage as well. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, so true. And I'm sure people are now thinking, Peter, okay, what are some of the things that we need to do? And I think that probably segues beautifully into what business owners and sales leaders must do now to remain successful at selling. And let me just ask you, when you're talking about selling, I'm sure that you're talking about the entire customer journey. When someone is just getting to know, like, and trust you, how you nurture them through that, how you engage, go from connecting to engagement, and then ultimately, through the buyer's journey to then all have a conversation and then say, yes, I want to do what business with you, Peter. Is that what you mean when you talk about selling across the kind of that pathway? Of course I, I do. And, and as you would know, I've, I've written two books about um, how sales and marketing should be on the same team. Yes. Um, and, and, and I still believe that they, they are different disciplines, but they should not be separated in organisations and in, in, in mind space. Because let me say to this before you dive in, Peter, because what you do before someone even gets into the sales meeting with you is going to impact the decision that they make ultimately. I mean, ultimately every step, but what you do prior to, hey, I've liked what you've been doing, Peter, I, I think we need to talk. All of those things leading up to that conversation is going to make a difference, isn't it? Yeah, so, so we, we must differentiate between inbound selling and outbound selling. Yes. And, 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 and just for, for your listeners' benefit, inbound is when you uh, make yourself visible online and, uh, you know, in, in the right place at the right time to your ideal buyer and your ideal customer profile so mm. that they go, oh, I must talk to Anne-Marie because she's got something that I'm interested in. That's, that's yes. inbound. 
when they mm -hmm. make the decision to reach out to you. Right? It's it's quite difficult to achieve, but it can be done, and there's certain methods that we can deploy. Outbound, on the other hand, means that we have a very clear idea of who our ideal customer profile is, like who's our ideal buyer, mm -hmm. where do they hang out, how do we reach out to them, but not just reach out, how do we engage them into a business conversation, how do we draw them into a, a dialogue on their terms, and how do we keep them there, how do we fend off our competitors, how do we win the deal, how do we give the customer a good pre, during, and post-purchase experience mm -hmm. so that they not only come back for more business, but they also refer us to other um, contacts of theirs who may, may bring us uh, more business then. So it is absolutely the entire journey right from the top of the funnel to right down the bottom and then back again. Yes, so, so true. Um, so, well, let's dive in. What are some of the things that you want to share with us? Where do you see businesses um, have the most difficulty? I mean, probably along the entire pathway, but if they don't get this right, I mean, uh, if they're not getting the engagement right, yeah. the whole lot gets impacted, isn't it? Um, so everybody, um, every single one of my clients, everybody I speak to, they say, uh, we, we need more leads. You know, because let's face it, if you don't have a, a, a good pipeline of leads, you probably haven't got a lot of sales and you might not um, achieve your sales targets. Mm -hmm. um, a, a smaller number of um, businesses I speak to say, oh, we don't even have a sales process. We just sort of wing it from client to from prospect to prospect. Yes. And, and, and I always say that if you haven't got a structured, proven and scalable mm -hmm. sales process from right the top to the bottom of the funnel, then you're actually um, at a disadvantage. And it also means you can't grow because once you bring a new salesperson in, they will bring their own sales process. You bring in the second salesperson, they bring in their own sales process. And, you know, three years down the track, you got to untangle that spaghetti warren. Mm. If you had done it right from the start, you would have um, been much more efficient and you would have saved you a whole lot of um, heartache as well. Yes. And we're not talking about a convoluted um, process, are we? I mean, the, the most simple yet strategic um, can be the, the best thing. And so the simplest thing is the most um, uh, beneficial often because there is a simple process, but it works. It's repeatable and it yeah. can continue to be in, improved. Walk us through, if you don't mind, of what you've seen works really well. What is a typical sales process from end to end, would you, would you okay. say? I, so I, I, I should preface that I'm actually not, so I'll, I'll, I'll seemingly contradict myself now. Right? I'm, I'm actually not in favour of having a sales process. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm in favour of having a buying process for the buyer. Right, love right? it. Because it the, really puts it back onto a buying, it's more focused on the buyer and that that person rather than, hey, I want to sell this product. Is that one distinction of that? What what would be the the reason for the, what you just so said it, it is absolutely as, as you say it's a it's a mindset issue right yes because because if i start a dialogue or a conversation it's actually not going to be a dialogue if i start off with a mindset of i must sell you something mm. yeah or even worse i must sell you something by the end of the month because that's how i'm how i'm rewarded right mm. um <clears throat> the the buyer doesn't like to be rushed just because you, your commission's on the line right um yes. but and the buyers don't like to be sold to as we started the conversation with what they now want and what everybody wants and i, I, I suggest you, you do too is that 
you would like to speak to somebody who can help you make an informed buying decision. Mm -hmm. Right? Somebody who can give you advice and guidance and say, Anne-Marie, here, this, 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 I think this will work for you and why, and I think this will not work for you and why. So, so I, I, I like my clients to stop thinking about selling and to start thinking about helping the customer to buy from us. Yes, I love so that. Then, it's, then it becomes not a sales process, but it becomes us following the buyer's buying process, even though the buyer may not know what their buying process is. Mm. But, but we can help them with their buying process while we're helping them to buy from us. Yes, yes. And I would imagine then um, putting together some form of steps or plans or idea on these are the things that I'm going to do to be able to support um, that prospective customer through the buying process to help them come to a yes or a no. Either is fine, but if it's a yes, I want to be able, if, if I do have something that is of incredible value, then I'm able to really um, guide them successfully through that process so that they can make the best decision yeah. for them. What are some of the things that you see are missing and what would be a really good bright, kind of a buying process outline? Okay, so so the um, I'll answer that in two ways. <clears throat> if, if you put yourself into the shoes of a buyer, so you're a buyer, mm -hmm. right? and let's say you're not, you're not just buying a pencil, you're buying something, you know, um, with a bit of value attached to it, something that has a bit of longevity, something that lasts a while and, and something that um, is important to your business. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So so what are the two things on your mind? Well, obviously, I've got a, a problem or a challenge that I have been unable to solve. So I'm looking for, um, am I going to able, be able to solve this issue? And is this person who oh. I've kind of seen of in, in, in of interest, is this person going to be able to su support me um, to be able to achieve that outcome in the best possible way? That's right. So so you mentioned um, um, know, like, and trust at the beginning of the, the sales process or the, mm. the top of the funnel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll expand on that in a little, a little while. But the, the two things that I'm as a buyer concerned with is finding the right person and the right solution to solve my problem. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm fearful of getting it wrong. Mm. Right? I'm concerned. I can really screw this up. I can spend my money and not get what I paid for or what I thought I paid for. And and so, as, as sellers, we must not only present ourselves as the person who can solve the problem. <clears throat> mm. What very few people do is actually look at the buyer risks and how we can ameliorate or, or remediate those. Mm. Right? So if we can make the buyer comfortable about the level of risk that they're getting when they buy something from us, that's uh, that's half the battle won. Mm -hmm. the, the other part is um, particularly when we're talking to selling uh, about selling to uh, medium-sized or larger businesses. Mm. There's, as, as I mentioned earlier, there's often a buying committee, and the buying committee is consistent of um, people from different backgrounds, so they can look at the same solution, service, or product. From a different lens so the it person would look at it from a technology technology perspective the yes. finance person would look at it from a numbers perspective the end user wants to know is it easy to to um, learn and to adapt and to ramp up to you know so they all have different perspectives on, on the same thing so if we can address them individually mm -hmm. and talk to them in their language about the finance about the it about the tech the support um, about um, how easy it is to use then when they meet as a committee to decide which vendor they want to go with because there's always more than one option. Yeah. 
then they miraculously discovered that you tick all the boxes because the finance guy says, yep, ticks my box. The IT guy says, yep, ticks my box. And the end user guy says, oh, girl, says, ticks my box, right? Yes. So, so the, um, <clears throat> we can actually take that one step, one step further. And that is, I say, if you present a solid business case for your solution, service, or product, mm. that's, that gets you halfway there. Mm -hmm. Right, um, because it'll say, "Look, there's an ROI there, internal rate of return, you know, time to payback, all all that sort of stuff." You know, tick, tick, tick. Mm -hmm. Then you also ameliorate the risk by saying you, you're safe buying this from us because, and you got to outline that, and I, yeah. I teach my clients how to do that. But then, if you can also give the individual decision maker a personal reason mm. or a personal benefit. From making a decision in your favor mm -hmm. then it becomes a no-brainer sale no-brainer sale right mm -hmm. so so what could be a personal benefit a personal benefit could be just as simple as a pat on the on the on the back by the boss well done and yeah. great job right <laughs> it could be a bonus mm -hmm. right it it could be some sort of um, other reward a, a promotion uh, it might even make me uh, raise my my personal and professional profile, mm -hmm. which might make me more upwardly mobile. I might all, all of a sudden have visibility, uh, be be viewed, be visible to other employers who might say, "Well, this this person's doing a great job over there. Let's uh, see whether we can get them over here." So, so you can see there's a, a myriad of personal benefits that you could mm. point out to the prospect that they would get from buying your service product or service yes it makes so much sense and i'm sure one of the questions you're often asked then peter is that's great how do i find out specifically what the boxes are that either an individual or you know group of individuals are going to be measuring if you will and considering our offer against uh, what are some ways that i mean i would imagine that you've got to have some some great open-ended questions to be able to ask of, of your clients. What, what do you see work really well to help us gather that information so when we put it together in our business case, we're able to have all those boxes ticked? Okay. So, again, this, this illustrates the need to think in your buyer's head and, mm. and walk in their shoes. Um, yeah. Um, speaking, speaking. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so that they um, must almost say, you're reading my mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. what we want. Yeah. So, so, so the so the the um the question that you could ask quite easily is, how how are you going to be rewarded for this? Mm. Like, what's in it for you? Right? Just yeah. Yeah. The, the the opposite of that question would be, what would happen to you personally if it goes wrong? Mm. <gasps> Don't even say that. <laughs> you know? and, and um, and so you can have a conversation. So you, you say, okay, well, if, if it goes wrong and you get into trouble, what would that mean for you mm. personally? You know, what would it mean to your reputation? What what would if your reputation goes down south? What would that mean? You know, if um, if all of a sudden let's let's talk about SMEs. So it's so business owners. If they then have to spend a whole bunch of time at the office to sort it out again, mm -hmm. how happily how happy is the the family environment going to be? You know. No more happy wife, happy life type thing. Um, and and so you, you can really, if you want to, you can really drill down on the pain that would ensue if, if this goes south. 
Yes. And then, of course, you talk about how you, um, how you ameliorate the the the, um, the downside risk. Right? Yes. The the um, the other question is nicer. You know, imagine if this is a fantastic solution that ticks all the boxes. What what would that mean to you? Ah, oh, well, I might you know get a bonus and take my wife on a holiday. You know, my partner. Sorry, beg your pardon. On, on a holiday. Uh, and and all of a sudden you get them to imagine what it would be like to have a successful um, um, purchase. Yeah. So, so don't just make it about the business case. Mm. You know that the numbers and the um, the the logical ob objective stuff. The yes, the emotional exactly. element is is just as important. Yeah, and, and I think um, combining them all into a conversation that you have is important, isn't it? Because there's going to be some people that need to have that business case, need to have some of those validating numbers, and to really, um, as you said, uh, take that conversation to the next level by incorporating some of those things where people do, because people will often buy an emotion too. Some may not admit it, but they do. There is some underlying thing that impacts that emotion, whatever that might be, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we're human beings, Anne-Marie, and, and we buy with our head and with our heart. Yeah. And so, sometimes, let's face it, we buy with our heart first and then try to justify it with our head. You know, think, yes. think sports cars and handbags, you know. Oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, I see a bit of jewellery or a nice handbag. I'm going to look good in that. I'm going to feel good wearing that. It was funny. I, I did some training once years ago with NLP and we, we looked at people's buying systems because I'm very visual first and then um, auditory. And um, what they did was they put a, a, a step in that. It will look really nice. Do I need it? You know, and that was, and then putting that in there was, no, not really. It really yeah. helped me um, anyway, just on an offside. Yeah. But these are all things that we need to be mindful of when we're speaking to people by asking questions. We're able to gauge what is important for them. You talked earlier about um, having conversation around um, some of the objections that they may have to ameliorate the, you know, the buyer's remorse, if you will, finding out, have you invested or have you tried to solve this problem before? What did you do? They may have invested in someone who may not necessarily have, have had expertise or an area that you incorporate into your program which will ensure that they don't come up with the same problem that they have to face. So these are all things that you can uncover perhaps when you're having more of that one-on-one -on -one conversation with um, someone, yes? So this this is exactly the right word that you use there, and that's conversation, not pitch, mm. right? Yes. And 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 so there's um, there's a couple of things that you've touched on there right now. And and one is um, I... I, I just recorded a video that I'm going to release um, hopefully still this week yes. um, that's called Opening is the New Closing. Mm. And and it's it's about starting a sales conversation at the top of the funnel, not waiting until the end and then handling the objections. Mm. Um, because let's face it, people don't like, firstly, people don't like to be manipulated into a transaction mm. right at the end, right? And, and And probably more importantly, if you haven't opened right, and if you still need to handle objections at the bottom of the sales funnel, then you haven't, you just haven't uh, introduced yourself properly and you haven't, uh, haven't opened, right? So opening is the new closing and uh, um, I'll, I'll be releasing that uh, shortly. But the, um, but then if you say, how do you open? Mm. You know, what, what, what is the, the modern um, effective way to engage with your ideal prospect now? And, and, I, and again, I make that distinction between reaching out to them Mm. Them overhead with a sales pitch, ambushing them or pitch slapping them, even worse. Yes. Versus starting a business conversation with them. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you should say that. I mean, I'd love for you to share what what you're recommending because if I think back to all of the conversations that I might might have had um, and that that's felt icky, it's a fine line, isn't it? I mean, if I, I do have some people that have reached out to me and I cannot remember what they said, but I needed that service. And so they were there at the right time and they must have phrased it in the right way for me to go, you know what, send me some examples. And then if I like what I see, we'll, we'll book an appointment. And, and so we did and I ended up hiring them. Um, I can't remember what they did, but they did something well. Yes. So what are you recommending works really well to ensure that the new opening is the closing? Did I get that right? Is the new closing or something? Well, well, opening is the new closing. New yeah. closing, yes. Yeah. Um, but the um, so the, the, the way to engage with somebody right at the top of the sales funnel mm. is not by pitching them, not by talking about yourself, not by high, highlighting how wonderful you and your product, services and goods are. Because you just said it yourself, you, you, they, they got you interested and you said, okay, send me something more and then I'll decide whether it's uh, mm -hmm. worthy of my time to talk to you some more, right? Yes. So, so, so you didn't want for somebody to go at you and then would you like to buy it, right? You, you, you want to have a little bite and see if it's worth it. Yeah, wanted to be educated a little bit more about their process and go. see it there in action, go. yes. Okay, so here's how. Are you ready? Okay, <laughs> pen and paper out, people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is... The, the, the key to it all is to intrigue, not to mm. pitch, not to sell. Yeah. If, yes. if I can say something to you that makes you lean forward, so I talk about the lean forward moment, mm -hmm. makes you lean forward and say, oh, Peter, that sounds interesting. Tell me more about that. Yes. Then you've actually given me, perhaps inadvertently, but you've given me your permission to sell to you. Mm. Because you've asked the question that I now can answer, and I go, well, blah, 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 you know, not blah 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 about my organization and, and goods and services. But but um, you must intrigue them, and the the way you do that is by saying something that they didn't know. Mm. I, I like to actually say that they didn't know they didn't know. Mm. Um, something that presents you as a thought leader, as an expertise in your space, an expert in your space, mm -hmm. something that they find they must know more, they, they want to know more about because it's important to their business or to them personally or both. Yes. So, so I help my clients to come up with the one thing that they can say that intrigues a client to the point where they go, okay, now I want to know more. Mm -hmm. right? And, and I'll, um, I'll let you look behind the curtain a little bit as well. So there's, I say there's only three ways that you can engage with a, a senior executive or a business owner mm -hmm. to engage with them. And that is either you make them a, a, you make them aware of a business opportunity they didn't know they had. Yes. Right? Oh, you're helping me make more money, make more sales, be more successful. I'm interested. Yeah. Or you help them to understand that they have a risk that they didn't know they were exposed to. Mm. Oh, you're helping me get out of trouble or stay out of trouble, right? You're helping me to to um, avoid looking silly and you know dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, but both those ways are, are pretty difficult to pull off because you got to understand the industry, you got to understand the company, and you got to understand the, the the concerns and the issues that they have, and you got to do research first. Yes. So so, so they're, they're hard to pull off, but very effective if you can do it. And and there are ways you can do that. 
Yeah. The third one is uh, is much more scalable and much easier to pull off. Mm-hmm. And the third way is by helping the customer to understand that they have a need for the thing that you're selling. Mm. But the important thing here is that psychologically speaking, it must be their idea, mm. right? They must discover that they actually have a need for what, what you're selling, not you telling them that they need it. Yeah. Again, engagement, not pitching. Mm. And, and you do that through thought leadership, through expertise, through intrigue, you know, through getting them curious to not want to know more. Yes. So, so I, 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 I say to anybody who wants to listen, <laughs> please find the one thing you can say that intrigues your buyer and don't pitch. Mm. And, and, I, I, and I think that's so important at the top of the funnel, right at the first point of engagement, because they, they give you about, uh, I, I just heard it um, um, this week, seven seconds mm. in which they make up their mind of whether, um, whether you're interesting or not. Seven yeah. seconds. Isn't in that which interesting? They, Seven seconds in which they form a first opinion that they usually stick to. Yes, that's amazing. And and when you think about it, we are bombarded. We know this. We're bombarded constantly with information and we're overwhelmed. So to contribute something, to say something, to open a conversation that builds intrigue, you've now got someone's attention, don't you? And you talked about thought leadership and I've read a number of studies as well that have said that buyers look now at at an organisation or an individual if they're going to hire a coach or a mentor um, at their thought leadership. And it, it's about, you know, they, they will often um, listen, look, try and um, see what's available uh, around that that thought leader um, has provided. So it's about educating. And often if you do it in a way that um, is not selling or pitching or telling someone there's wrong, but educating, people will realise they don't know what they don't know. And you've provided insights that it's like, oh, my goodness, Peter, I had no idea about that. That makes sense. And it's like, well, if he's sharing that knowledge and expertise out on the podcast or out on the videos and content that he shares, imagine what is going to be possible if I invest in myself through saying yes to Peter's program. That's the kind of thing that as a buyer, we then think, don't we? Because we've gotten already so much value and insight that we may not have heard before in the way in which you bring it to the table. Yeah, and, and, and I, want to say, I'm, I'm, I want to say that business owners and senior executives in, in large organisations, they realise that they don't know everything. Mm. And, and they realise there must be things that I don't know and, and as you said, things that I don't even know I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But it might be valuable for me to, to know because I might not be blindsided to something bad or I might uh, miss an opportunity for something good. Yes. So, so senior executives and business owners are actually open to being approached about things they don't know, but it's got to be done in a way that intrigues them, not ambushes them. Yeah. Yes. And also, too, I think, and one of the things that I have been very mindful of, too, and if, if that's in the, uh, you know, if I'm approached... I would like to be able to consume any content in my own time when I'm ready. I don't need to get on the call and have a call with you to to see if I'm interested or need something. Let me figure that out on my own because if it is that I am, you can be sure that I'm going to circle back and make an appointment with you. Don't push me into, you know, when's your next appointment available or whatever. If you've 
if you've put together content that is so intriguing and relevant and insightful that I've taken notes just from that one video, whatever you've shared with me, you betcha I'm going to get myself on your calendar to speak with you. Do you, just me sharing that, is that something that you find other buyers are think, saying now too? Don't push me into yeah. your calendar. Let's do it in my time frame. I'll come back to the example that you gave us earlier about somebody that gave you a little bit and then you said, okay, I'm interested now, send me something. Yeah. You didn't say, oh, I'm ready to jump on a call with you. You said, no, just send me something. I just want to double check that it is actually yes. interesting. So so you must decide whether you want to take the next step or not. Mm. But as a, as a seller, it's my job to say, this would be our next step if you're interested. Yes. Right? And, and, uh, and so you can't jump from reaching out, engaging to selling. Mm. Right? You, you got to give them some some baby steps to follow so that they feel comfortable and they're not leaping ahead and they're not, um, they're not that they're comfortable following the journey. Mm. Right? And, and so that's why I'm saying you must not press them into your sales process. Mm. You must actually help them with their buying process. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. for example, you might, that not, not everybody looks at a podcast or not everybody looks at a video, right? Because they go, oh, it takes 15 minutes of my time or 20 minutes of my time and I don't know whether that's worthwhile, so I won't do it, <laughs> right? Uh, but if you can if you can lead with something that intrigues them, like a, a headline or a, some, maybe even maybe even something controversial, you know, something that they disagree with. It doesn't matter if they disagree with it because they, they, they'll get curious and they say, why do you say something I, I, I disagree with? What don't I know that I don't know, right? And, and, and even if they disagree with you and, and, and you have a, a call with them or you, a meeting with them, at least you're having a dialogue, you know, and you can say, well, I said that because, ah, oh, now the penny's dropped, I understand that, right? And, yeah. and again, you can play on your expertise, your, your, your thought leadership. So, so um, give, them, give them a snippet that intrigues them, then give them a bit more because, like you said, send me something yeah. because I want to know whether it's really worth my while. I want to double check. And then you decide whether you want to jump on the call. So at, so at every buying step, you must give them a little bait to go to the next step. Yeah, yeah. But, but you must not pressure them and you must not try to short circuit the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And there's going to be some people that um, have been struggling with a particular problem for a lot longer. Their buying time and their decision-making is a lot shorter. And so you want to have in place the ability to be able to connect with someone and engage with them where they're at, isn't it, in, in business? And yeah. so, so I had an, an interesting experience just earlier today. Mm. So, so there's a prospect I've been talking to for, for a little while and they have told me that they don't have a, a sales process or a buying process. They're kind of just sort of ringing it right now. Yes. But they would like one. They would like one. So I said, ideal, you buy one of my programs and within a few weeks, we'll put that thing together specifically for you. So I, I call it co-creating your future sales success. Mm. So because we work together, it's not Peter telling Anne-Marie how to do their job. It's, it's you know your business better than I do. So I, I'll, I'll um, support you and help you and advise you on how to, do that well right? but um they um what they what they they had a board meeting uh, last month mm -hmm. and in the board meeting they decided ah oh, we're just going to invest in a bit of lead gen right now mm -hmm. right so so here, here's the thought process that on their end mm -hmm. shit we haven't made any sales <laughs> what can we do to get a quick result a quick result mm -hmm. 
ah, I know, we need some more leads. We don't know how to get leads, so we'll hire somebody else who, who might hopefully know how to do that and give us some leads. And then once we have more money, then we can backfill all the processes and, uh, and, and uh, procedures. And, and I've seen that time and time again, where they spend the money, the leads, if there are even leads coming out, the leads will fall not onto fertile ground because nobody knows how to follow them up or they, or they don't follow them up right or th there's no process there, right? Yeah. So, so I, I, I implore every business owner out there to put the horse before the card. Yes. Have, have a sales process that's, that's proven, that's uh, um, 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 functional and that's scalable again so that when you hire more salespeople, they can all fall into the same process and hit the ground running from day one and you don't need to have um need to untangle the uh the, the labyrinth after after the fact mm, yeah so, you're speaking so, to so the fire, Peter. Let, uh, get I, your I, fundamentals I, right first and then add people <laughs> to it we have we i i work with coaches and consultants primarily um that's my passion and uh, so often because i struggled many many years ago when i started in the career industry as a career consultant we, we need to write a book we need to launch a podcast we need to do all the marketing and generate leads uh, you haven't got your core business foundations in place so when you do invest if you want to invest time and money and energy in some marketing to generate leads you've got a process you've got the strategic groundwork and foundations laid to be that fertile ground as you say for those people who are your ideal clients to um to go through that um you know nurturing buyers uh buyer cycle and, and it doesn't have to take long you know like my, my programs my sales funnel programs take um uh, you can buy a 10 week and a 15 week program yeah and and then you have the entire framework set up for you from top to bottom and uh you've even got it implemented into your business yeah and 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 then then you can go out there and sell yeah right? but but people try to shortcut the whole thing and um and go oh no i'm just going to get a bit of lead gen and and they, they get a bloody nose every time yeah and you know what's interesting about that and this is a lesson that i've learned myself and 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 have heard others learn too what happens in that instance it's a lot of piecemeal isn't it it's it's a lot of throwing things on the fire or at the wall and hoping that it will stick there's no continuity there's no momentum that has been built and you exhaust yourself you exhaust yourself you exhaust your team um because you haven't got this constant flow in the momentum and that's because you haven't got the things in place yeah. that would actually you know um, nurture leads into inquiries in into customers peter we've just scratched the surface i know <laughs> people how can they find out more about you how where is the best place to connect website linkedin what's the best place look you, you can't escape me if you want to find me you can find me I, i'm on pretty much every um, social media platform you can imagine but the easiest is probably just to go to peterstrokeup.com yes. uh, have a look at maybe the blog have a look at the some of the free sales tools that are on there and uh, and last not least get in touch and um, and let's have a chat because um my my chats will always be about your business mm. not about what i'm trying to sell you and i'll i'll help you to buy whether it makes sense uh, if it makes sense to you yes. and if it does not then yeah well at least we've, we've acknowledged that and we we know that it doesn't yeah. make sense for you. you know as a buyer as we all are we've all had buying experiences when we are working with a vendor a seller whatever you want to call them a service provider a product person um 
when they are so, they do it so well, the whole experience is good, isn't it? When they do have a bioprocess in place that and, and do it so well, the entire experience feels good and we feel really um, happy and confident in the, you know, the decision um, making process because we know that, you know, there's integrity there from the, the buyer and but from the seller's point of view so that when we say yes, and we've decided it's a good choice. It is a good choice, and we're going to get the the results that we wanted. Yeah. So, so, so the, I, I talk a lot about buyer experience. Mm. I, I, I don't find a lot of people talk about buyer experience mm. um, because um, let's face it: if you, you you're in the market for a CRM system, for example, right? Yeah. And, and it's it's something that you'll hopefully live with for many years to come. It's mm. not cheap. It's a real commitment. Everybody is scared of getting it wrong. And, and there's a, a myriad of sellers trying to sell you their, their version of it. Yeah. But at, at the end what, of that, what you don't want as a seller is for your buyer to go, thank goodness that's over. I never want to do that again. Yes. You want them to say, wow, that was really pleasant. The, this, this seller, this vendor helped me to make the right decision. We're really happy with our decision because uh, we, we asked all the right questions. We got all the right advice. We, 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 they, they um, helped us to quantify and, um, and mitigate the risks. Mm-hmm. And so we made a decision and we're happy with the decision. Hooray. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so not none of this relief that it's over, but, but enjoyment of the result that you, that come from, came from your solution. Yeah. And when you do do that, Peter, I know that uh, you said earlier, not only is that buyer's experience so good in that particular program or product that they've had, that will then be a customer who will come back, you know, and what else, what's next? Is there any other product or what, what next to take what I'm doing now to the next level? But they certainly won't do that if the, the experience that hasn't been there from the buyer's exactly. experience and yeah. the experience of dealing with. And, and, and not only will they come back for more, but um, uh, if, if you play your cards right, and, and there's a process attached to that as well, which I teach my clients, if you play your cards right, you, you can actually get referrals from them as well. So they will actually refer a new business to you simply because they're so happy with your services. Yes, yeah. And there's nothing greater, I think, than having someone recommend you to uh, to somebody because, I mean, I, I know that I have done a lot of business with people through being referred to them because if I've got a relationship with that person who referred me and they've said this person is a great person, you need to go and see what they're doing, then, you know, uh, well, they wouldn't recommend someone to me had, had the experience not been good. Well, look, the, the, the reality is that that um, if I say I'm great, doesn't mean as much to you as if somebody you know, like and trust says I'm great. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so I come pre-qualified if somebody recommends me. Yeah, yeah. You so know, and, and, I, and I don't have to start off from from zero and and um, and convince them that that I'm the right person to talk to. I already have some upfront credit. Yes, and it all starts back to what we said right at the beginning. As I said, we could continue to talk uh, for hours, I'm, I'm sure, and I can see you're passionate about this um, this topic. So please reach out to Peter, smell smarter, not harder. Google that if you want to find some more resources and uh, he certainly can, can support you in getting a buyer's process in place if you haven't already uh, got one. So thanks once again, Peter, for coming on the show. 
Uh, thank you, Anne-Marie. It was great talking to you. Thank you for having me on your show. And uh, I'd love to think that all your buyers, all your, all your listeners got something out of today. I'm so. sure we did. Thanks, Peter. See you later. Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Before I go, are you a coach or a consultant who feels like the world's best kept secret? Your experience is vast, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition or new clients you'd hope for and you don't know why? I've created a free resource that'll help you build visibility, generate leads and enroll dream clients with ease because you're seen as a trusted authority, even in a crowded marketplace. And you've Position yourself as the choice versus just a choice for your dream client. To get started, go to annemariecross.com forward slash gift. That's annemariecross.com forward slash gift. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.